Welcome to What Christians Should Know, How You Can Apply Biblical Principles to Everyday Life. Hello everyone, I am your host, Dr. Elijah Sadafel, and in today's short, we're taking a look at Numbers chapter 11, verse 11, and answering the question, why trials? So Numbers 11, 11 in the NASB says, So Moses said to the Lord, Why have you been so hard on your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight that you have laid the burden of all this people on me? Here in Numbers 11, Moses asks God a sharp question. He basically wants the Lord to explain to him why he is allowing the people to test him. He wants to know, Hey God, what's the deal? Why are you being so tough? You see, Moses found himself in between a rock and a hard place. He was the natural leader of the Hebrews who were liberated from Egyptian bondage and then fled into the desert. After some time in the wilderness, the people began to complain, and they brought their complaints straight to Moses. The beginning of Numbers 11 explains that the rabble in the group were tired of free manna from heaven, so they demanded meat to eat. They wept and reminisced of the good old days when they were slaves, yet ate fish for free in Egypt. Numbers 146 tells us that roughly 600,000 Hebrew men above the age of 20 were in the wilderness. This excludes women, children, and non-Hebrews. So, we can take an educated guess and say that based on a low estimate, roughly somewhere between 1.2 and 2 million people were grumbling in the wilderness. I feel tested if one patient causes a stir in my medical office. I cannot even begin to imagine how I would feel if I was the target of a million complaints. Hence, Moses' question to God is a fitting one, why have you been so hard on your servant? In other words, why does God allow us to go through trials? If God is in charge, then why doesn't he just stop the trials from happening in the first place? What's the purpose of our hard times here on earth? Well, the best answer is that the reason for your particular trial rests in the sovereign will of God. That being said, there are many possible explanations for why God allows specific trials, but I will clarify four general reasons. First, God allows trials to test your faith. If your faith is worth anything, then it will stand firm in times of trial. Imitation faith is only able to trust God when your health is good, when your friends are plenty, when your church is full, and when your cash flow is positive. A faith that is dependent on these temporal circumstances is not faith at all. Thus, when the fire of adversity comes, it consumes everything that can be consumed, and anything that is impure will be driven out like the chaff in the wind. Thus, true faith refined by the test of fire can say, just like Job did in Job 13.15, Though he slay me, I will hope in him. Adversity peels away all of our layers and exposes exactly who we are. Thus, we often find ourselves turning to the thing that we truly trust in the midst of a trial. True faith knows there can never be any lasting value in fleeting circumstances, nor can it rely on unreliable things. True faith knows that the only one it can know, believe, and trust in is the God who transcends the adversity and does not change. This is why we can always count on God, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We may never have a comprehensive understanding as to why a trial is happening, but we are confident in the who that already has the expiration date stamped on the trial. 
The who is God and his word in James 1.4 tells us, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Additionally, Romans 5 verses 3 to 5 says, And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance proven character, and proven character hope, and hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. This verse makes a smooth transition to the second point, and that is, God allows trials to glorify himself. Because trials produce endurance and endurance leads to hope, God is glorified when we exude these virtues. He is glorified because we praise him, he is glorified because we learn how good he is, and he is glorified when we edify other believers by their observation of our perseverance under duress. Olive oil is only produced with the crushing of olives, and trials oftentimes must crush believers before heart-preserving sustenance is produced. Furthermore, through adversity, God often has a way of revealing to us how unstable other sources of trust are, and when they fail, we run to Him. Any legitimate gauge of trustworthiness can never be made in prosperity. It must be made in adversity. Seen in this way, trials not only expose how unreliable idols are, but also expose how reliable God is. So, the trial glorifies the Lord and the Lord alone. Just like the prodigal son, nothing makes us realize the joy in our father's house more than mucking around with pigs for a season. When we are famished and yearning for life-giving water, that is when we flee to the fountain of life, our Savior Jesus Christ. Third, God allows trials in order to punish you for sin. This one is pretty self-explanatory. This chastisement isn't for chastisement's sake, but leads you to repentance so that you are protected from worse consequences and from bigger sin down the road. Proverbs 3.12 says, For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. Fourth, God allows trials because it will increase future joy. Trials are not fun. I would never voluntarily sign up for a trial, but light is the most noticeable against the backdrop of total darkness. Even more, the eternal bliss of heaven is increased all the more because believers will know what it means to suffer here on earth. So, God allows trials to test our faith, to glorify Himself, to bring us to repentance, and because trials increase future joy. These four general principles illustrate that there is a design, a purpose, and a good intent in trials, and that they never happen just because. Indeed, God truly does work all things together for good. Thank you for listening. For more valuable content, including written transcripts, a bookstore, and online Bible study, please visit wcsk.org.